When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. When Shopify says you can sell anywhere, oh, they mean it. Woo, hold up. Just got a new sale, order fulfilled, and shipped. Inventory level's good. Whoa, Shopify doesn't mind if you're at sea level. Or on top of the world. Oh, you can run and grow your business anywhere. Climbing mountains is never easy, but at least Shopify gives me all the tools I need for my business to hit new beats. Whether you're selling carabiners or crop tops, start selling with Shopify today and join the platform simplifying commerce for millions of businesses worldwide. We've built the platform so you can keep climbing and grow your business to new heights. With Shopify, you really can sell to anyone from anywhere. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Internet connection required. Not available on mountaintops or seafloors. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content that we know of. May the 4th be with you. I am L.J. LaFiera. And alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam. Brandon, how are you doing today? L.J., doing good. Uh, We have a smaller slate of games today as it is a... Monday, travel day for some teams in the league. Uh, a couple of rainouts, so I think we're down to eight total games to recap today. Uh, we want to talk about some awards at the end. Uh, the MLB announced players of the month, pitchers of the month, the players of the week for the last week of April. So, uh, yeah, we have quite a bit we want to talk about here, but uh, I'll get right into it. If LJ, unless you have another, any other announcements? Um, yeah. I kind of, we kind of forgot to talk about this in our production meeting, but I believe today is our day to talk about uh, Hall of Fame. Monday. That's right. 
let me check on who it is and we can do that after we can start to start thinking about that after your first read sure all right uh you want me to just go right into it go ahead sir all right phillies and the brewers uh top of the first lorenzo kane would get the brew crew on the board with a solo home run but JT Real Muto would respond in the bottom of the first with a two-run home run of his own. The Phillies would lead two to one after the first. In the bottom of the second, the Phillies weren't done. They get an RBI on a Roman Quinn triple. And then a pitchers who sort of rake a Vince Velasquez ground out. Uh, that drives in a run that would make it four to one Philly. The score would remain that until the top of the eighth. Travis Shaw sack fly. Avisael Garcia uh, hit a ground ball that scored a run. But the Phillies hold on to win four to three. The win to Vince Velasquez, who goes six innings, allowing four hits, one run, and six Ks. Give the loss to Adrian Hauser, the starter for Milwaukee. He goes six innings, four hits, uh, two earned runs, and two strikeouts. Hector Neris picks up his sixth save of the year. He goes five outs in this one, one and two-thirds innings, three strikeouts for him. Uh, these two teams will once again play tomorrow, and the pitching matchup will be... Where is right here? Eric Lauer going for the the Brewers and Aaron Nola for the Phillies. Next up, we've got the Rangers and the Twins. The Twins got out to an early 5-0 lead and added one more on a Jorge Polanco RBI knock to help them get past the Rangers 6-5. Give the win to Kenta Maeda. He went five and third of an inning of shutout ball with eight strikeouts. The loss to Dane Dunning went five and two-thirds of an inning, allowing two earned runs and striking out five batters. And that save will be given to Taylor Rogers, Trevor Rogers. Taylor Rogers, where did I get that? Oh, um, no, it's a Taylor Rogers. It is Taylor play. Rogers. Oh, I'm, I'm really overthinking myself. And on my fantasy team, I finally got a save out of him. You got a save out of him. It took you long enough. <laughs> I seem to have turned away from uh, getting only wins out of my closers now, so that, that's a pretty nice spot for me to be at. But Brandon, it really seems I really have to be hoping, especially if you're a Minnesota Twins fan, that this is the start of the turnaround for Kenta Maeda. Yeah, I mean, he was so, so good in, in a 2020 that it was kind of weird to see these first few starts. Uh really got rocked around right by by Boston. You guys uh knocked him around pretty good. Uh but yeah. Five and a third scoreless, eight Ks will certainly uh, do the job. Uh, you know, the the Rangers have also been playing teams pretty close this year. You know, they just had a nice a series against the the Red Sox. And yeah, sure, while we thought that they they would be really bad this year, they, they aren't playing like one of the worst teams in the league. So I have to give them credit for that. Mm, certainly. Um, also, I did check. Today will be the Reds. So keep that in mind. Got it. Okay. On to the Pirates and the Padres. Not a lot of offense in this one. Only seven combined hits between the two teams. It would be scoreless until the bottom of the seventh when the Padres would get two runs, one 
on a sack fly from Tommy Pham, the other from an Austin Nola double. Uh, San Diego scores two in the bottom of the seventh, and that would be all in this one. The Padres walk away with a 2-0 victory. Uh, You can give the win to Tim Hill out of the San Diego bullpen, who pitches the seventh inning, a clean inning for him. The loss to Tyler Anderson of Pittsburgh, six and two-thirds, two hits, two earned runs, five Ks. Mark Melanson picks up his league-leading 10th save of the year for San Diego. Season ERA now sits at 0.64. These two will face off tonight at 10 o'clock. It will be Mitch Keller for Pittsburgh, and uh, San Diego has not yet announced their starter. Next up, we have the Indians and the Royals. After going up 6-3, to three, the Indians decided decided the game in the ninth. Josh Naylor hit a three-run bomb to put the team up just enough to fend off a three-run inning by Kansas City. Your final, eight to six Indians. Give the win to Brian Shaw, the loss to Jake Junis, and the save to Emmanuel Classe. These, well, these two teams played today. Um, on the wrong page. I believe everyone plays today plus one a double header. So everyone plays today. Everyone everyone's a winner except the people who have to call every single game game at the end of the night. Um, Sam Henches will be facing off against Mike Miner today. All right, uh, on to the Mets and Cardinals. Uh, all the scoring in this one took place in the first three innings. Uh, Heading into the the bottom of the second, the Mets had a two-to-one lead. They got their runs off of a hit-by-pitch and then a walk. But uh, their lead would be no longer as Harrison Bader goes deep for St. Louis to tie it up at two. In the top of the third, uh, Dom Smith steps up for the Mets. He hits an RBI ground out to take a three-to-two lead. And then Kevin Pillar would homer two run homer for him the Mets lead five to two after the top of the third but in the bottom half of the inning Nolan Arenado hits his fifth home run of the year uh that would tie the game that's a three run homer after him Tyler O'Neill uh would hit a a double to take the lead six to five and then the pitching would be good for the rest of the time so the Cardinals walk away with a six to five win uh, give the win to Adam Wainwright, the Cardinal starter, and uh, kind of an ugly line to to get your first uh, win of the year, but it works. Five and two thirds, seven hits, five earned, and five strikeouts. Uh, the loss goes to Joey Lucchese of the Mets, who did not have a good start. Uh, he's now 0 and 2 on the year, and he goes two and two thirds, seven hits, six earned, uh, one strikeout. Alex Reyes picks up his eighth save of the year for St. Louis. He is still not allowed an earned run this year. These two teams will face off today at 745 Eastern, and it will be Jacob deGrom returning to the mound for the Mets. Uh, they uh, gave him an extra day of rest, so I'm not sure what, how much how much better he could be on uh Five days rest other than four days rest. But, uh, of course, he continues to impress every time he pitches. Uh, Jacob DeGrom will take on Johan Oviedo 
for the Cardinals. Uh, he will get called up from the minors, making a second start of the year. Now, just for a break in our content, real quick, to got to tie it in with the day. Of course, we'll do much, much more uh, May the 4th tie-ins with the May the 4th games tomorrow. But I have to get Brandon's opinion on something real quick. Okay. He's okay with my, my dumbassery in the middle of this show. So I've got Attack of the Clones on in the background right now. And I have to, I have to ask, is Padme the most toxic, stereotypical toxic college girl ever in these films? I mean, this, this guy literally admits to mass murder of an entire tribe of Native peoples. And she's just like, okay, yeah, you know what? I'm all in. I'll marry you. I'll bang you. Whatever you want, um, we'll do. I may even run away with you after this until I saw that you go to the dark side. So, like, like at what point did she not realize that that was coming? Like, it's like the, it's that it's that classic um, girl who wants wants the drama and will stay with her uh, drinking abusive partner because she just can't bring herself out of the mess yeah it's like it's like the the toxic people attract each other yes exactly and it's just so frustrating to watch every single time i watch it but i watch it anyways <laughs> rest in peace shamisa skywalker um raised and angels rays got out to a five nothing lead by the middle innings thanks to a great pitch great pitching early by tyler glass now his only trouble of the night came in the sixth when Shohei Otani and hey, Tony Rendon teed off on a homer. The final 7-3 to three Tampa. Give the win to Tyler Glass now. He went six innings, allowing three earned runs and eight Ks. That's another quality start for Tyler. You know, he's doing absolutely fantastic. Everyone in the neighborhood's really loving what he's done this year, Brandon. I'll tell you that. We can talk about that more after this is done. Uh, the loss would be given to Jose Quintana. Possibly the best trade of the offseason was the Angels getting him out of Chicago. He went three and two-thirds of an inning on five earned runs and five Ks. Brandon, is this still the sneakiest pickup in all of baseball? Yeah. Yeah, I just when it comes to the Angels and their their pitching staff, it's it, just it's, it's, it's worked out so well for them doing these underrated moves. I mean, you get Alex Cobb in here, and he's just been like Dylan Bundy. Dylan Bundy, year. man, absolutely well, killing it. They are really doing that good. Well, I think Otani was supposed to pitch in this one, but then he got scratched from his start. Uh, I believe he still has a few, a few arm issues, like not not serious, but just enough to scratch him. And of course, he's able to hit and hits a home run, so uh, he can certainly still hit. But uh, yeah, let's hope that it's not too too big of an issue uh, with his arm. No, of course. And then I mean, Tyler Glass now here, another great start. I know most people like to blow off, especially the Tampa starters, because they're not usually allowed to go too far into a game. But you got to admit, this guy looks so good. And it's great to see guys like these guys develop that weren't like out of out of nowhere guys in their first or second year. They're all he's really built himself up in the majors 
through their slow process and made himself a very nasty pitcher. Yeah, uh, I'm going to be talking about him on the PPP. I'm going to break down some of his stat cast stats this year, but he's he's everything you could ask for out of a starting pitcher. I mean, he has that very generic, he's the tall right-hander with the over-the-top curveball, uh, the very fast fastball. He's got a nice slider that he that he likes to throw in there too. I mean, this is a guy who is just like – if he was in the 80s, people would 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 think he that he's he's the best pitcher in the league. He just fits all of those categories, you know, nasty curveball. So uh, I'm going to talk about his stats uh, on the the PPP here in a couple of minutes. But yeah, absolutely yeah. love him. He's bringing W's to the We Stan Otani's fantasy team. Cannot complain. Got to pick up those dubs for the neighborhood. Um, next up, we got Shane McClanahan and Alex Cobb. Shane McClanahan, this is going to be his second start, Brandon. This is the number five prospect, a pitching prospect. Nonetheless, those are always good from the Rays. He's going to be in his second game of the year starting. Last game, he ended up finishing with a 4-5-0 ERA and five strikeouts. Absolutely fantastic. No decision by him. Pitched really well. Yeah, uh, he also had a 101-mile-an-hour pitch that um, had a lot of tail on it. Uh, really, really nasty pitch by him. But, uh, yeah, interested to see what, what uh, he can keep doing. Well, I'm up next. I didn't realize I had the double. You got the next. Oh, I got, yeah. I got – do I have a triple? Yeah, I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure I wasn't supposed to lead off because I had, oh, I had yeah, three yeah, games yeah. and you had five. Eh, it's whatever. Tony, Tony will take care of Tony it. Will, Tony will take care of you guys. He always does. Uh, yeah, also update. We're at the part of the uh, movie where Count Dooku tells Obi-Wan literally everything that's going to happen and he decides to just forget about it between now and the next time he sees the other Jedi. Um, next up, we got the A's and the J's. Tied 3-3 in the fifth. Raymond Laureano sends a ball out over the wall that could easily kill not just the men, but the women and the children too. He puts that two-piece over the wall, and that helps Oakland hold on to win it 5-3. to three. Give the win to Frankie Montas, who went six innings, allowing three earned runs. The loss to Steven Matz, who went five innings, allowing five earned runs and six strikeouts. Probably his worst start of the season, Brandon. It really other than the intolerable. Unto- other than his last start, uh, this is now two bad starts in a row for him after starting off four and zero. Hopefully, you'll, he can turn it around. Yeah, I mean, you'll take it. I mean, again, yeah. you're not asking for everything out of this guy, and eventually, I will be able to break out of this New York accent. <laughs> it's just taking me a minute today, and I'm not sure why. Uh, next game will be Anthony K versus Cole Irving. And for our final matchup of the night, we got the O's and the M's. Only a homer by Murphy had been scored before the eighth inning. That that eighth inning included home runs by Cedric Mullins, Freddie Galvis, and Mitch Hanniger. The Orioles outscore the Mariners five to two in that inning, so they could win five to three. Give the win to Cody Solcer. Uh, for Baltimore. Dean Kremer also went six innings, allowing one earned run in the game. Another fantastic start for him. Exciting to see. Uh, the loss will be given to Anthony Meiswitz. 
All right, uh, on to the PPP, uh, as that was all the games for today. Uh, the, the two cancellations were the, the LA Dodgers and the Chicago Cubs, and then the San Francisco Giants taking on the Colorado Rockies. Both of those games postponed. Uh, but on to the PPP, particular players people might care about. Uh, my first one is Tyler Glass now. Um, look, we, we just talked about him. You heard uh, my thoughts. But as for his stats this year, uh, not only has he been good on paper with the traditional stats, but StatCast expected stats, uh, he's, he's been very good. So in terms of fastball speed, he's in the 97th percentile. So you love to see someone with a, a, a very fast fastball. Curve spin, he's in the 98th percentile. So surely one of the best curveballs in the league. And then you just and then you will look at really any of these expected stats here. Uh, expected ERA, top six percent. Expected weighted on base average, top six percent. Uh with percentage, top seven percent. So He's he's getting guys to swing and miss. He's uh he's striking guys out at a very very high rate. Uh, and he's only twenty seven. So realistically, he still has a few more years of this. He's currently sitting through seven starts at a two point oh six ERA in forty three innings, sixty four strikeouts, and a sub point nine WHIP. He's at point eight seven. Very very impressive by him. All right, next up we've got uh, two for me. The first one, of course, Dean Kremer of Baltimore, who has been absolutely fantastic this season. One of the real bright spots, in my opinion, across the league all year has been his ability to step up and play for this team. Brandon, what have you seen in it? Of course, I'm pretty sure you guys have played more or as many series against Baltimore as us at this point. Yeah, uh, he's been, you know, kind of up and down so in that game against the the Yankees a couple days ago the Yankees kind of tagged him uh we had like 10 hits off of him six earned I think for like four and a third or something but uh these last uh this this start that he had today very impressive that six innings two hits one earned run and it was only on a home run I mean he has a nice, you know, a fastball, curveball, a cutter changeup that he he also throws in there sometimes. So uh, he's a, he's just another young pitcher. You know, I think it's such a common theme with with Baltimore. All these all these guys, with the exception of Matt Harvey, really are young. So all these pitchers are going to have up and down games, and they're just so young that you just want to. Uh, work out all the kinks now but in the future i mean they have i mean the 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 orioles have really good pitching prospects john means has looked very good to start the year uh if you can get a guy like dean kremer uh to to step up a little bit uh they could be looking okay in a a few years with their rotation yeah again and this is their seventh ranked prospect I think he has shown that he can at times really be 
a stable spot for this rotation. It's certainly he's certainly not a bad guy to be building around going forward. The next one is me kind of going off script and breaking the rules that we lined out for ourselves. But Juan Soto, I want to get in break into his um where he's standing in this new stat that we talked about yesterday. Even though we're gonna do this only actually reading that for the leaderboards only every couple days. So it hasn't changed from yesterday. He's still at 59% for his good piece of hitting percentage. But I just like to put that into perspective. That is by a very good margin, the highest percentage in GPH that has been recorded in the StatCast era. So that just goes to show you this guy, this guy is going to be an MVP candidate coming down the line, even if he isn't recognized as one now because of his just, they're just really mostly because of Acuna's great start and uh, DeGrom's great start that he's not being noticed or recognized for it. But long-term, he is certainly going to be in the MVP conversation, especially if he keeps this approach that whatever he's doing at the plate is clearly working here. And I want to see it keep happening. But Brandon, are we really surprised that it's it's going this way? No, I mean... We were both so high on Juan Soto coming into the year. And, you know, he's been like quiet in the sense that not a lot of people are talking about him, but you, the the, the Nationals have been bad. Yeah. And he also has uh, been on the IL for a few games here. Yeah. He went on the 10 day, actually, the day of our last IL watch. Yeah. So, um, but. You will look at some of these stats, and it's just crazy how he's had such a hot start to the year, and just no one's talking about it. I mean, top four percent in in, in exit velo, top two percent in hard hit percentage, top one percent in expected batting average and weighted on base average. He walks on, he walks way more than pretty much every player in the league. He also has managed to not strike out that much. Uh, so he hits the ball harder than any player in the league. He walks more than any player in the league and strikes out less than any player in the league. That will get your 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 good piece of hitting percentage uh, at 60%, which is just trying to like think about that in my head is crazy. 60% of your plate appearances are just quality. It's nuts. And yeah. I mean, there's not many guys that can consistently key off on a ball and hit it 90 miles an hour. I mean, first off, yes, a lot of times it does matter. The The stat does not take into account his launch angle, which hmm. can make a difference. Like if you're putting it way up in the air or directly in the dirt, it's not going to help you being 90 miles an hour. However, the vast majority of the time at most angles, you're going to have a good shot. Like, even if it is at the ground and it's going to be a grounder, it may end up being too quick for somebody to get to, and it'll skeet through a hole in the infield. It may be too hot for the third baseman or first baseman to get because of just how hard the ball came back at them. A lot of things can good things can happen when you're able to do that so naturally as he is. But then you have the conscious choice and effort it takes to draw walks at the rate he does. 
he's going to dominate this stat for a long time because he's not doing anything, at least from what I've seen, he's not doing anything to sell out for this power. It's coming. It's, it's natural power. He's he doesn't got. strike out. I mean, he, he doesn't strike he, out. Yeah. I mean, not only, not only that it's natural, it's natural power, but we were discussing this. I believe it was before the season that he is the only guy in this league currently that we would anticipate could be the next one to have a 500 on base percentage. Next yeah. one, we're talking about him in the same vein as Barry Bonds for this. Like that's not a normal conversation. If he's able to be in that type of vein, if he even if he doesn't ever hit it, if he's able to be 450, 475 like each year, that's gonna work wonders for this type of stat. Yeah, and like kind of uh switching things up, you know, not talking about the stat, but just in in general. I so so badly want him to come back in a few games and just start to go on an absolute tear like we saw Acuna did at the start of April, like those first two weeks. Because, you know, LJ, how we kept saying, oh, like as of right now, it's Mike Trout number one, Ronald Acuna number two. What I would do to just have these arguments as to who is better, Acuna Mm -hmm. or Soto, when they're just putting up crazy numbers, I mean – the fact that they that they have to play each other too so many times, like those two are both so young, are both incredible hitters. Like both bring such incredible skill sets. They both walk a lot. They both don't strike out and they both have crazy amounts of power. Not to mention that one is 22 and the other is 23. The fact that these two guys are going to be dominating for the next 12 years at least and we are going to get to watch it is we should feel very very happy about the state of the the future of baseball yeah we should i i think and again gonna bring this name up here and do i think he should necessarily be put into this category from what i have seen maybe i've just maybe i maybe i've seen too much of mookie bats to be able hmm. to accurately judge it because i've just at some point I got used to what he was able to do out there. However, you look at Soto, his plate discipline, his natural power is so overwhelming. You look at Acuna, his speed is crazy. That, that I think goes a long way and isn't going to be talked about enough. His powers, if his powers are very much there, he's very good in that regard, but what he's able to do with his legs you're not seeing many top players do or try right now. He, I've just seen so many outlandish plays running the bases from him this year that that's what impresses me. I don't think he has, to me, stat, uh, areas of his game in which he excels to the extent of those two. So that's why I don't think he's necessarily in the running for second the second best player in baseball right now, but I, you're, I'm hundred percent right. I was about to bring that up before you said it. He 110% should, th- those two should be in a conversation and debate for the second best player in baseball for the next decade. And it's so hard to, you know, try, try to figure out who goes where, I mean, how do we rank, rank, uh, like you said, of bets, you know, how do we rank Tatis who, through his first, so now I believe Tatis just completed his 162nd 
career game. He's the first player in history to have over 40 home runs and over and over a 30 stolen bases in his first 162 games. Uh, how about this, LJ? Through his first 162 games, he put up over eight war. Eight war in his first full season. I mean, at like what point do like we have to start putting him in there? There's just so many good, good players now that at the top here that they're all sort of interchangeable at, at points. I mean, I don't know. I feel like a lot of it has to do with, you know, what's what's been happening lately, but we're set for the the future with all these young guys. It's going to be fantastic. I can't wait. All right. On to the leaderboards. Uh, going to do a little shorter today because uh, we have the recap episode coming in a few days. But for war for hitters, uh, we are now tied for the lead. It is Byron Buxton and Mike Trout with 2.3. Ronald Acuna behind them at 2.1. And then a guy that we didn't really talk about in the same uh, conversation as Soto and Acuna, but certainly has the potential to be there. That's Vladdy Jr. He's at 1.9 war. Uh, as for the pitchers, at the top, it is still a Garrett Cole of the Yankees with 2.4 war, Jacob DeGrom of the Mets with 2.1, Corbin Burns with 1.8. Home runs, uh, we now have a five-way tie with nine. It is Ronald Acuna Jr., Chris Bryant, Nick Castellanos, J.D. Martinez, and Shohei Otani. Uh, that... Actually, I have RBIs here. One second. All right, yeah, so it is J.D. Martinez who leads the league in RBIs with 26. So he leads with both home runs, nine, and RBIs, uh, 26. Early triple crown watch for him as he is eighth in batting average. So, uh, yeah, leading in two of the three categories. Uh, all right, so this this next part, um, the, the MLB – announced a bunch of awards today. So I'm just sort of going to uh, run through them. I I uh, put them in a certain order here so we can talk about them. But they announced the players of the month for April. Those were in the American League, Byron Buxton, in the National League, Ronald Acuna Jr. Uh, LJ, any thoughts on those two? Are those the right choices? Absolutely the right choices, and I'm glad to see the voters get the AL one right because it could have been very easy not to. This is no, this isn't me disrespecting Mike Trout. All I'm saying here is I think Buxton clearly had the best um, month, but I was worried that the voters may have gotten a little, you know, hesitant and overthought the amount of games he played missing that time i thought they might overthink it and say not enough not enough of a sample size especially compared to the mike trout but i'm sure there's also mike trout voter fatigue so yeah there's another thing here. uh for they also announced uh the the pitchers of the month and it is the two aces on the new york teams the american league it is Garrett Cole, the National League. It is Jacob DeGrom. Uh, I'm kind of surprised that Cole got it uh, over a guy like uh, 
potentially a Danny Duffy, I thought, could have could have gotten this award. Uh, I know that Garrett Cole leads in... Uh, Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready war in that stat but i thought that he he won't get it i mean i'm i'm certainly happy for him as a a yankees fan but he said that this month like yes well he has been pitching good he doesn't think that uh this is exactly what he could be at uh so hopefully he can get better but lj uh it's not the worst two to pick for for this i mean no no, not at all. Honestly, I'm I'm totally fine with the pick of Garrett Cole. I think it was probably the best pick to have. I mean, Danny Duffy has been fantastic, but he hasn't been like it's not. I don't think it's just as much as I love. I like Danny Duffy a lot. He's on my fantasy team. I want I want to see him and Kansas City be successful because I love a good small market story. However. I think there is plenty of place to say that while he has been putting up good numbers, he's been getting the job done and he hasn't really been hittable. He hasn't been like flashy about it either. Garrett Cole goes out there and is has potentially is the, has a potential threat to dominate every batter in the lineup. Every time he went out there this month, Yeah, the wins and losses weren't coming. Of course, that that's not his fault. Um, well, the wins I meant weren't coming losses were, but um, did he lose any games? Uh, I think he lost one, uh, but it wasn't like any – he, like, hasn't had a bad start where it was like, oh, like, he should really get the loss. It was – let's see. Yeah. He's, oh, I, it certainly wasn't a bad uh, one. A bad one, yeah. I knew it wasn't a bad one. I didn't remember if it was, like, a sh- one of those weird shutouts where they just decided he didn't need run support. I remember you complaining about one of those. Oh, yeah, I'm sure it was somewhere in there when our offense was, like – getting nine total hits in three games uh for the rookies of the month uh for the al it is your mean mercedes a guy who is uh, kind of gone gone quiet uh, but certainly the best in the al and then in the nl trevor rogers uh gets it of the miami marlins uh these are two interesting picks, uh, especially because in the AL, we haven't really seen any any rookie really step up other than German Mercedes. We saw Akil Badu Bless earlier you. in the season. He started off really good, but uh, sort of slowed down. Of course, German Mercedes has starts off eight for eight from, from the, the dish. Uh, is still up there in terms of 
the batting average leaderboard. He sits right now in second behind Mike Trout. He's hitting 395. Trout's hitting 410. So, uh, yeah, uh, I thought that this was a a, a good choice for, for both sides, uh, especially yeah. for, for Trevor Rogers as well, who's been really, really underrated this year for Miami. Yeah, I mean, you know, you don't you don't think to those smaller teams enough, especially because like you think you think of rookie of the year and they just I don't I don't think in baseball as much as in other sports, the rookies separate themselves into a story nearly as much as other situations do. So this is a good, great spot to get them credit. But unfortunately, many of them aren't going to get those looks they deserve. All right, this this uh, next one. Yeah, this even... is gonna start a feud. So, the MLB announced the relievers of the month. Uh, for the American League, it's Matt Barnes. For the National League, it's Mark Melanson. Uh, I do not have any issue with the the NL pick. Uh, he's uh, he has far and away been the best in the NL. That is Mark Melanson. The American League, though, this is nothing against Matt Barnes, who is having is a it, fan- who is having a fantastic season. But Aroldis Chapman right now has a negative FIP. Still, he has struck out twenty four batters in ten innings, and you didn't give him reliever of the month. He hasn't allowed a single earned run the whole year. And I understand Barnes has been lights out. Don't don't get me wrong. I mean, we we read through the the war every single day, and he it's him, Chapman, and Karen Jack there at the top. But I I mean, the only way I can see why they gave it to Barnes was because he's pitched more innings than oh, Chapman. But Chapman is first in expected ERA, expected batting average, expected weighted on base average. He isn't in the top first percentile. He is first. I mean. Number one in strikeout percentage, number one in whiff percentage. Every stat that you 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 look at, he's either in first or he's in the top two. So I just don't know where you could not vote for Chapman here. Uh, LJ, would you like to give a little clarity at least? Yes, I would. I mean, first off, Chapman has had a fantastic year, but Barnes has been historic. You know, I I mean, I grant, granted. I see where you're saying with those numbers. However, the totals that Barnes is looking at here are on the historic side with the exception. I mean, granted, there were four earned runs there. That is really the only fault I can find on Matt Barnes so far this year. And if I'm correct, they mostly all came in one outing with that home run. So it was one of those, like, you know, I'm not going to get read too much into this, but Brandon here, if you're wondering why it's not the innings is the reason. It's right here. According to MLB.com, Barnes became the seventh pitcher in MLB history to record at least 25 strikeouts while permitting no more than five hits or three walks in a calendar month. This joins Chad Green's September 2019, Corey Kniebel's September 2018, Craig Kimbrell's May 2017, Michael Feliz's May 2016, Rob Nens, July 2000, and Armando Benitez, August 2000. One of seven to do that. Okay, so you said it was 25 strikeouts, three hits, or 
five hits five and hits, three walks. Three walks. Chapman has 24 strikeouts, four hits, and three walks. It's the same thing, just with no earned runs. Twenty, at least twenty-five. Okay, it's it's one less in less. That's innings. the one that matters, Brandon. Show I don't me know. twenty-five this, strikeouts, and I'll if there was going to be any like one where where they should should have gave it to two players, yeah, it should have been this one because we saw them give up the the player of the week award last week. They gave it to both Fernando Tatis and Madison Bumgarner. Uh, I don't know. I feel like they, it would make sense to have them both get this one, but it's whatever. Chapman's going to keep, keep, keep dominating, keep sleeping on him. Uh, hopefully, hopefully Matt Barnes also stays good, just not against the Yankees, which very dumb that the Yankees and Red Sox won't be playing each other for another couple of weeks here. Uh, yeah. With, with, the, with being the Yankees closer right now, with that offense, it's not really conducive to compiling numbers. Correct me if you know what I mean. Because, like, granted, yes, they play close games. I'm not saying that, uh, that they don't. However, just when you think about that offense, they're designed to either get a ton of runs or get none. Yeah. And so you, in many situations, you're either not going to be in a save situation or you're going to be losing in the end of the game. So I, yeah, I just worry in a reliever in the reliever conversation, he might get underrated because he's not able to compile those saves and such. Yeah. Really out of lack of opportunity. Oh, absolutely. Uh, I, yeah, I honestly, I have no, again, I have no statistics to back that up. However, I would be it really just seems right though. If, if somebody were to go in and look at the, I'm not sure what even stat you'd use to, to judge the most up and down power teams, like the most pure power teams that because of that are streaky and see how they went. I'm trying to think of like teams like that. I mean, last year's Minnesota team, um, or was that last year? Or was the two Reds ago? this year. The Reds this year. Let's see how many saves he has. Who's their closer again? Uh, Garrett? Uh, yeah. I think either him or – Lucas Sims, maybe. I don't know. They've been because I know Amir Garrett has not been good this year. Amir Garrett has two. Lucas Sims. Yeah, I don't know. One. The Reds, I know that they let me look at fangraphs and see who they have as their closer. Yeah. Uh you can do that while I uh read through this this uh, last award, which was players of the week. Uh the American League, Corey Kluber gets it. Uh, I was shocked to 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 see this. Um, it's awesome to see him get it. Uh, I'm happy for him. I believe, hold on, I'll pull up what the MLB posted, but a lot of it is due to that eight-inning start that he had uh, against the, the Tigers for his 100th career win. Uh, you know, 35 years old, signs a one-year deal with the Yankees this year, and has looked pretty good these these last few starts. So in the week, uh, April 27th, he went six and two-thirds, allowing one earned and striking out five. Then May 2nd, just a few days ago, eight innings, two hits, no runs, striking out 10. So almost a combined 15 innings, allowing – Eight hits and one earned run, striking out uh, 15 batters. 
yeah, that's pretty good for, for player of the week. Uh, for the National League, it was Chris Bryant, a uh, guy who we talked about a little bit on yesterday's show, but just has quietly been staying up there with the, the, uh, with the production levels of a lot of the other top guys in the NL. I mean, his stats right now, he's slashing 323, 405, 708. That's a 1.1 OPS. Like I said, already tied for the lead in home runs. He's only four behind on RBIs. Uh, really nice to to see him have a, a good year when, you know, I'm sure he wasn't happy with the way that things uh, turned out with the Cubs this offseason. You know, he's going to be a, a free agent after this year. So, uh, yeah, kind of a contract year for him and playing very well. Yeah, and I, so I did look it up. So they have kind of done a closer by committee here amongst Amir Garrett, Lucas Sims, Sean Doolittle, and TJ Antone. Hey, Tony. Um, they ended up combining for five, which is on the low end for yeah. most so far. We should keep up with this like once a month, check in. Yeah. Um, if absolutely. we remember to check in to see where some of these power teams are looking because I have a very strong feeling that they will be very low on this, these margins. Okay, well, um, that is all I have for the show today. Uh, Brandon, Reds. Oh, that's right. This is not all I have. We have to do our Hall of Fame pick for the Cincinnati Reds. Uh, LJ, I thought about uh, this one a little bit uh, there seems to be a really obvious pick, there, but also there's like really obvi- there's two there's two picks that you'd think are obvious. I did a little more research into it mid show, and there's one that I think is more obvious than the other. But it sounds like you have a sneaky pick here. I, I don't know. I want to hear where where you go first, and then that could influence me maybe. But I'm like leaning very close between two guys. Well, I am. I I initially. When I thought Hall of Fame, who should be our nominee? Of course, all active players in this. All active players. I'm sorry, all active personnel, I believe is what we're going with. Yeah. Um, all active personnel in on the Reds. And so my mind went two places. Jesse Winker and Nick Castellanos. Okay. I then went through and I looked at it. You know, neither of these guys are great, great defenders, Brandon. I mean, Castellanos is, is a little bit better. Has has a good jump, has a decent decent speed, but overall they're a very similar player when it comes to overall ability of defense and outs above average, such, such like that. So then I go into some of the more advanced stats. Castellanos OPS one thousand two uh, twenty eight, Jesse Winker one thousand seventy eight. Um, it's about the same. They're about the same in their uh, expected WOBA, expected batting, expected slugging, and hard hit percentage. They're both very high in the high 80s or 90s in all of those. However, the difference comes in Jesse Winker's average exit velocity and max exit velocity is miles ahead of Nick Castellanos's right now. He has just been just about every spot of offense that you could put together so far this year 
has been Jesse Winkers. This has really been, if I'm correct, if I can remember correctly, this has really been the only season he's started off really healthy and was able to get this high. If he's able to stay healthy throughout the year, people are going to have a much better lookout outlook, look out outlook on Jesse Winker come the end of the season than they did to begin it. So your pick is uh, Jesse, Jesse Winker. Okay. Uh, so the two that I was between, so immediately my mind goes to, to a Joey Votto, right? Who oh, is yeah. just like the complete oh, he's, he's franchise player. However, I was like, you know, it is, it has been a rough past two years for him. Not rough where he's very bad, but just, it's not a Joey Votto production that we're, we're used to. So then I was like, all right, I'll, I'll, I don't think him. So then I went straight to Nick Castellanos. Uh, here's the thing with him. I mean, when the Reds were getting their kind of boost at the start of the year, it was because of him. And then, of course, there's the whole benches clearing fight that he starts. Uh, that kind of led to the quote where uh, we're the, the bat flipping son of a guns or whatever that uh, Amir Garrett said uh, that kind of led to the identity of this team. And Castellanos, you know, after the 2020 that he had where he had poor stats, but he had pretty good expected stats. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. You know, we all expected him to to bounce back this year. That's what I talked about on the Reds Outlook episode. I was saying that I thought that between Nick Castellanos and Eugenio Suarez, one of those guys would bounce back. And so far, it's been Castellanos. I mean, top 2% expected batting average, like LJ was 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 going over. First in the league in home runs. Uh, I don't know. I've always been a fan of him. Like when, when he was on the Tigers and the Cubs, he was a, he's always a fun guy to watch hit. Uh, but that is my pick. But uh, LJ, we have to now choose. So uh, how would you like to, to go about this? We have two guys who are both very good hitters. Uh, Jesse Winker clearly has him on, on base percentage this year by a long shot. It's 419 to 366 uh, for Castellanos. So, uh, yeah, what are your thoughts on, on the pick of Nick Castellanos? over Winker or yeah how how do you want to go about this you know it's one of those things where I'm not sure you go wrong with either of the I'm not sure any of the names we've brought up I don't think we can go wrong with yeah of course I love Joey Votto and I'm going to actually get back to him in a second but 
Nick Castellanos has played great. More Some of the more standard numbers tend to swing his way compared to Jesse Winker right now. And he is the more known quantity because he's put together a lot more solid seasons than Jesse Winker has, who has, from everything I've come to understand, had a uh, history of injury mid-season. And that, that has overall been mostly what has disabled his ability to really put together one of these great seasons with this power. I think overall, you look at it, he's got such a more well-rounded um, stat cast and advanced analytic uh, set here, where he's not, not only is he seemed to be bettering Castellanos in most of the expected stats, but he's hitting the ball a lot harder. If Jesse Winker stays healthy, I think he could, I would not, not be shocked by any means if he had a better season than Castellanos by a yeah. long time. I think he could be an incredibly good player this year. At this at this rate, I would want him to be an all-star for the NL. Yo, yeah, yeah. But overall, if we're looking, if we're if we're trying to pick a guy here, if we want to pick a guy here, not who's necessarily got the most potential, but is going to be the most like likely to still be relevant by the end of the year, that would be Castellanos. I think Winker's ceiling is higher than Castellanos's, but his floor is much lower than Castellanos's as well. But let me get back back really quickly to Joey Votto, who, of course, Brandon mentioned numbers aren't there. Most of that comes down to his 235 batting average, even despite him saying that he was focusing on his batting average again this year. Because he basically went from part of his part of his career, he was really focused on batting average, had that half a season where he hit above 400 and all, which was nuts. And then all of a sudden, a couple of years ago, he's like, okay, I'm going to really focus on my power, try to get those home runs up. And of course, now he's at 300 home runs this year. Has been towards the top of the league the past couple of years in exit velocity and launch angle as well. He's really been trying to embrace all of that. The average hasn't come up. It hasn't been good, but you look at some of his other stats, they're not half bad. His exit velocity is still way up there. His hard hit percentage is still way up there. His expected stats are far more promising than his current stats. Brandon, I'm not sure this is as crazy a pick as you thought. Yeah. You know, Especially when you consider the legacy of Joey Votto. Yeah, and it's crazy to me also because he's been on, on record uh, saying that he actually – uh, looks at these stats all the time. He said, like after the the games at nighttime, just like us, he is he is sitting here on on baseball savant, looking at his own expected stats, saying, "Man, I really am hitting the ball hard. It's, it's going to happen at some point." Yeah. LJ, I, I think the 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 biggest one that stands out to me. So you mentioned he's hitting two thirty five. He's in the 82nd percentile for expected batting average. Hmm. So if that's not a sign that that his average this year has not been where it should be, then I'm not sure what is. Uh, As for Nick Castellanos, I think something about him that needs to be considered is that his name is used in one of the most controversial home run calls ever. Uh, (laughs) 
I think everyone knows which one we're talking about here. Uh, there's a drive in the deep left field by Castellanos, and that will be a four-nothing ball game. Uh, I may never fit. I never be be in the booth again. I may never be putting on this headset again. I want to apologize to all my bosses who write my paychecks. Uh, yeah, Tom Tom Brenneman. Uh, what a that was just. I don't even know what that was, but. Yeah, LJ, we have a really tough pick here. Now, now there's three guys because we kind of talked ourselves into Joey Votto. Should I we know. just like spin a wheel or something? How do we want to do this? I shouldn't have mentioned Joey Votto because you know me, Brandon. You know I love Joey Votto. If I hadn't actually taken a look at it and took your word for it, because it's on my fantasy team, so I have to follow and really think about those standard metrics. I wouldn't have, if I hadn't put the work in, I would not be thinking Joey Votto at all right now because of those. So that's really hard on me. But let me throw one more name in there that might make our decision here. Tucker Barnhart, OOTP legend. Hmm. I'm not not serious about that, but that's a good, it's just a good um, situation to remind you guys that I will be streaming again. Brandon will be joining and getting himself some stream schedule time once he is done for the year. I actually finish up on Thursday with most all of my stuff for school. So I'm excited on that. And the first thing I'll be doing is I will be playing OOTP with all of you. We will be back at it with the Arizona Diamondbacks, who are now the proud team of Pete Alonzo at first base. But that just reminded me because Tucker Barnhart, for some reason in this game, every single time I have simulated, has become an all-star caliber catcher. And it's just and he's I, 30 to start the season. Like he's, he's already 30. 30. Yeah. He is he is by no means a young prospect that should be developing this way. However, he just absolutely rakes in this game every single chance he gets. Uh so the more I think about it, I am leaning toward, towards a Jesse Winker. You kind of sold me on the high ceiling, you know, low floor part because this is a guy who, you know, we kind of been waiting on to break out. We knew he had the potential. Of course, he's a first-round pick. But, I mean, the stats that he's putting up right now, and then you parlay that with the expected stats that he has, this guy could potentially be close to to a silver slugger conversation at the end of the year. I think that that's like the highest potential he has here. I know that the outfield spots are really tough, especially in the NL, but I'm leaning towards him over, over Castellanos and, and a Joey Votto just because I like the uh, young, exciting pick, the guy who is kind of really, really a boomer bust because – when, when you think about our other picks, we went with with uh, Brock Holt for the Rangers, Xander Bogarts for the, the Red Sox, who was a very consistent player. And then the Yankees, I took uh, DJ LeMahieu, right, over Garrett Cole, who is a very consistent player as well. Why don't we take kind of a dart throw here and go with, with a Jesse Winker? That's kind of my my thought process here honestly yeah brandon if that's where you're going i think i'm fine with that but just one more thing for you to consider i'm gonna let you make the last call because i would be happy with either of these two guys 
Listen off, let's take Castellanos out of the picture. Joey Votto, well, he might not at this at this age, he might not have the same caliber of ceiling as Jesse Winker. He has the highest floor on this team yeah. and has the added bonus when we're trying to narrow this down. Of course, coming into October when we have a lot less games to talk about and we can spend more time on stupid stuff, um, which we already spent time on anyways. Um, oh my God, imagine those shows. Can you imagine a, game, a, a show where we literally have three games to talk about? Um, yeah, I just think Joey Votto could could have a clear advantage on a lot of guys when he gets into those rounds because of the history we have with him, because of growing up watching this guy be awesome at baseball. So that's just one more thing to consider is that history we have with the player. So, Bryn, I will let this be your call. Man, that's tough. That is a great point. You know what? I got to stick with with a Jesse Winker. Just I right. I'm I'm really high on him. LJ, you Me were too. the first to 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 bring him up. Uh I mean just the stats stats have been awesome this year. Uh expected stats have been awesome. The Reds offense has been really fun to watch, you know. All, still number 1 in team OPS. They've scored the most runs, they've hit the most home runs. Uh, we're picking the highest highest variance player on the best offense in the league currently. Uh, I think it's a pretty good pick. If he is able to continue this, it's going to be very tough when we have to start to get down to just those few guys there at the end. That If he is having a, a good enough year, he could be in – contention i think for one of those last spots but um yeah, yeah so we'll go is, with jesse winker jesse winker is officially our fourth player fourth team off the board he will be the representative of the cincinnati reds going into our um our thingy oh our um narrowing down in october to see who will be the first player or personnel person could it even be a coach that comes into into the MLB Daily Hall of Fame. I'm having a little trouble with my words here. I'm not sure why. Um, next up, in the morning. That's why. <laughs> yeah, that's okay. I got I got to watch the Bad Batch after this. Are you kidding? I got I got another hour left in me. Um, next week will be the Miami Marlins. Brandon, you can maybe you have one. Do you have a pick so far that's come onto the top of your head? I know right now the battle for me is between Sixto Sanchez and Sixto Sanchez because his name's Sixto Sanchez. Yeah, first first guy that I thought of was was a Sixto Sanchez just because of the name. Funny thing is he hasn't even pitched yet this year because he's been <laughs> hurt. Uh, it's like it's just you I'm know. Look at this Miami roster, even though I've been covering them for the past week. Oh yeah, I mean I talked. Oh, to Jesus Aguilar. Yeah, Jesus Aguilar. I mean, I like a little Miggy Rojas in there. Uh, Adam Duvall, his card rakes for me on MLB The Show. Uh, Sandy Leon. Leon. Red Sox legend. Switch. Sandy. He's a switch hitter, Sandy Leon? Yes. Wow. Interesting. Sandra Lee. Sandra Look Lee. Look at me, I'm Sandra Lee. All right. I think this is a good place to wrap yeah. one up. <laughs>
Oh, we forgot about Jazz. Jazz Chisholm, oh. actually one of the more exciting young players in the league. It's going to be a good uh, talk next week about yeah, the Marlins. Honestly, so far, my front runners. Actually, uh, yeah. Jazz, Sixto, Jesus. I feel yeah. like we probably should actually at least bring up Derek Jeter, but I'm not all for that pick. Uh, oh, I am. I'm a hundred percent for it. You know, I, as I said, when the Stanton trade happened, once a Yankee, always a Yankee. Uh, exactly. That's just further proof of the fact that there was some fishy business going on with Rob Manfred doing the team thing. But we can get into that. Actually, that would be wouldn't be a bad segment for one of these. Yeah, no, we can talk about all the terrible things that Rob Manfred has done, all the bad things that, that a Bud Bud Sealing did also. There's a long list of things we could talk about with, with him also. For for as as much hate that Rob uh, Manfred gets, Bud Sealing did some like you can really, I mean Golden just look. Oh, he he gutted everything that was going on there. Yeah. It's clearly at the root of all the problems with that team sale. But you know, you had a ownership group that was very gung ho, that didn't include Derek Jeter, that didn't include the man that happened to send the guy, the best player on their team, the former MVP, to his former team. Like that's got to sound sus to the vast majority of people. For Starling Cats. Yeah, even for yeah, even for Yankees fans. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. Like, I get the point that you're trying to like rebuild the farm system and get get money off your books so you can afford to go out and really rebuild this team. But the haul that they got for Stanton and the fact that it's the Yankees has to seem a little sus, right? The well, the entire thing was just to get Stanton's contract off their payroll. I mean, because. That old owner, I don't even know who, who that guy, what that guy's name is. Uh, he's an idiot, though. Signs that huge contract with Stanton. And it's, it's like, all right, we're one of the smallest market teams in the league. And you expect us to be able to compete when we have $35 million on our payroll every year for the next 13 years, which is like 80% of what we're allowed to spend. So, like, you know. Well, I mean, to be fair, he he knew darn well he wouldn't be paying for most of it. Yeah, fair. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for this episode of the MLB Daily Podcast. Thank you for listening. Make sure you check out all of the Belly Up Sports podcast content. They're on Twitter at Belly Up Sports and at Belly Up Podcasts. We're on Twitter at MLB Daily Pod. LJ is on Twitter at LJ underscore VP underscore LaFiora. And I'm at Brandon underscore Karam. Thank you for listening to this episode. As always, we'll be back tomorrow. Seven days a week content continues through the month of May, of course, through the rest of the season. But yeah, uh, have a good one, everyone. And we'll see you uh, tomorrow. See you manana and may the force be with you.